0: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast,
1: the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Dear Big Ten, thanks for trying to save college basketball this year. Signed, Alabama, Baylor, Houston, Loyola, Chicago, North Texas, Oral Roberts, Oregon, and UCLA.
2: (laughs) That is a long list there, Matthew. Um, Yeah, it was not the, uh, the best opening weekend for the Big Ten. Also with Boomer.
0: Well, I'd just like to congratulate all the, uh, Creighton fans out there. Um, congratulations back to the Sweet 16 because with, uh, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and North Carolina out of the tournament, I don't know what you guys were going to do if you didn't make it. So <laughs> at least you still got someone to root for. So congrats.
2: I was watching that game last night, the Colorado game, in fact, and it was listing the, the teams that from the power five or power six that hadn't made the Sweet 16 is current you know existence and it was like nebraska creighton colorado northwestern and tcu and i'm like well at least creighton got there finally they knocked it off uh well um we have uh got march madness and uh with march madness comes honky in the rockies it was a red cast on the rockies weekend uh thanks for coming man
1: yeah it was a lot of fun dave as always uh you guys are our wonderful host, and uh, appreciate it very much. It was a lot of fun.
2: It was. We uh, watched a lot of basketball, uh, covered uh, quite a bit of ground there. We were able to get out in the town a little bit, Um sense of normalcy there. Also um, had a few folks over um, in small gatherings and responsible settings, so it was uh, quite good. Quite a few people were already uh, vaccinated in our group as well, right, Hong? So that was uh, already starting to trend in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in between vaccinations as we speak. So, uh, you know, I'm half clean. I'm not sure how you say it, <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, yeah, I'm apparently somewhere between zoo animals and Super Mario Brothers on <laughs> the vaccine priority list. So it might be a while for me. So. <laughs> you
1: did get me to download uh, some new apps or uh, a new app, Dave, uh, with FanDuel or whatever. So that was we sure did. Aki was uh, a uh, sports betting. Uh,
2: virgin, I guess you would say, <laughs> until um, uh, the uh, Thursday night play-in game with uh, Michigan State and UCLA. But um, uh, it was a lot of fun to introduce Honky to uh, sports betting on the app here in Colorado. You can do right from the comfort of your couch. Put a few bucks in there. They gave you pretty much a free bet in that play-in game, right, Honk?
1: Yeah, it was. if I bet 50 on that Michigan State game, they gave me like 113 points. Like, you're guaranteed... You couldn't lose it, and then I won forty five. So I, I, I was starting off up forty five, and then just gradually the entire next two days, that all dissipated. It, it all went down to fifty. Where I said, okay, well I'm not going to lose any money on this. I'm I'm just going to give up after. I, I had four parlays. I went zero for four on one of my parlays. I actually went zero for three inside that one parlay, which <laughs> Very is hard to do. I hear that's pretty impressive. Yes. But a whole bunch of little one dollar bets and this and that, and I got all the way down to fifty, and then I just said, screw it. And I was going to put all 50 on UCLA against BYU. And, and then you guys were like, no, split that up. Do Texas, half Texas against Abilene Christian, half UCLA. Ended up winning, you know, at least doubling up and winning a few bucks there. And then the best one, Boomer, you like this. You know, I had like $11 to blow and it was like two in the morning and there's no games left. And St. Kilda was on. So uh, I, I put the last 11 on it, and they doubled me up. So I, I left up like 20 bucks. All right, go Saints. So they're there for you. Yeah, so I mean, the, I guess the moral for all the kiddos is is never give up and, and always be willing to throw all your, your last dollars in, and, and uh, good things generally happen.
2: Well, you know, the first sign of the degenerate gambling phase <laughs> is gambling on Australian rules Football. I mean, that's clearly... Uh, where you're heading. So uh, next time you're back, uh, you, you can uh, partake in a little bit more Aussie rules football for certain. Yep. Well, you know, we had some great conversations while we were here. We were able to uh, have Redcast Rob over, also vaccinated. Uh, Iowa Sean, also vaccinated. It was, I felt pretty good around these guys, you know, very uh, vaccinated group of people. And uh we had some great conversations about Husker football, football in general, Iowa basketball, even though those guys l- uh, let me down on a on a bet. Um, you know, Hockey, we had a, a, a good conversation about the Oklahoma situation as well. and I mean, we don't want to rehash all of that because I think we've already talked enough about it. But I think we did actually come to an interesting idea about, you know, Nebraska seemed like trying to be making a case that, you know, one of the reasons why you'd even want to consider not playing Oklahoma was to get an eighth home game. And even though we don't buy that argument one bit, The idea of having an additional eighth home game and generating more revenue, I think I read somewhere that Nebraska Athletics, uh, probably $42 million um, of a gap they need to make up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was like, well, we're not the only ones trying to make up some money. I'd imagine that most uh, schools, in fact, are are making up money. and, And also a bunch of FCS schools may need to actually get additional revenue to help their athletic departments. And so it was like, well, why is it? Why is Nebraska the only school that supposedly was was considering this, you know, in the conference room and brought up the idea, uh, Boomer, that why couldn't um, maybe it's not Nebraska. Maybe it's not our place to do this, but maybe other schools might be thinking about uh, petitioning for a 13th game. Maybe everybody should be petitioning for a 13th game, which would allow eight home games for power five schools and allow a lot of more FCS schools to play one additional game, which is a moneymaker game for them, which could make all, make up the bottom line better for, for everyone across college football next year. Any merit to that idea? I, I suppose it's
0: possible. The likelihood of that happening, I, I'm just guessing is slim, just because... I mean, because it's the already, NCAA, and they don't
2: want to help out their schools. Yeah, it's the NCAA,
0: for starters. I mean, it's already almost April, so you'd have five months to try to get everybody on the same page. And we saw last season, you know, we were teams were able to put together games on the fly. You know, for trying to get the entire you know, FBS with those sort of FCS schools trying to cobble stuff together, it might get a little more chaotic and disruptive to things. You have some teams with, you know, like Nebraska with eight home games. Other schools may not be able to find partners that work. They may only have six in the Power 5 or you know, be a little disruptive I think on that end. And you know, there's also the end with the NCAA. They may want to be trying to avoid, hey, we're using these players as just sheer money makers, despite we know the fact that they generally are in a lot of cases, but maybe they're just trying to kind of avoid that as much as they can.
2: Sure, they've done a great job over the NCAA tournament with that, haven't they?
0: No. Yeah, well, exactly. They've done such a wonderful job with that. But so that might just be something they're trying to avoid. But I don't know. It could be done, but again, there'd be a lot of logistics to work out. And, you know, could everyone find a a willing week to make everything work or just let everyone play week zero or something like that who isn't and then... Don't have a bye week somewhere in there. Yeah, Hockey, what do you
2: think about that that week zero idea?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, if you were going to propose it, I think
1: you'd propose it as opening up week zero to all of college football to be able to play that weekend. Add a 13th game if you so choose. And then if you are a school like Nebraska who already has a game that weekend, then you would be allowed to use one of your other two bye weekends at that point. You know The logistics of it, would it be hard? Sure, but everything else has been, and when you're talking $5 million weekends for a lot of these home teams, they're going to want to do everything they can, and this is a way to to potentially petition something that is more than just Nebraska asking for it, and we're basically essentially asking for the same thing that, to Dave's point, probably about 50 other P5 schools would be asking for, too, as home games. And then I'm sure we could find 50 other FCS-type schools that would be looking for away games. Heck, maybe Kansas might be looking for an away game to make some money. <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? I mean, the point is, is that eight home games make sense. You want you want that for finances, but you can't do it with Oklahoma being an away game. So how do you do it? You propose that 13th game. And, and it can't just be Nebraska proposing a 13th game. On our own, it would have to be more that kind of that grander idea. But I like to to throw the pressure onto the NCA. I would love to see multiple schools get behind this and go, "Let's do it." Let's force the NCA to tell us, "No, we can't." Because then at least that puts them, you know, on the defensive. Because right now, every school they are hurting. Nebraska is not hurting as much as others. To be quite honest, I mean, we're we're in a very fortunate position compared to a number of other schools that have cut sports and have had to take out loans and everything. You know, at least Nebraska had the the resources to be able to handled this as, as well as it did, but at the end of the day, we would always try to find another way to recoup some of that money. You just can't do it with Oklahoma. That That's not a, a card that you can play with it.
2: You know, speaking of revenue generation, just saw the day that uh, the NFL is inking a new TV contract, um, and I think of, of note, uh, there was a bunch of different things talking about um, the Red Zone and Sunday NFL ticket going to ESPN Plus, which is a streaming service um, but even more interesting to me is Thursday Night Football moving over to Amazon Prime. Um, so that would be uh, all of the Thursday Night Football games moving to streaming service entirely. There would be no over-the-air or cable um, broadcasts of those. And so we've seen a little bit of that, right? I think Yahoo has had a, had a game, Amazon Prime, but those were being carried on multiple other channels or outlets. Here's a scenario where the NFL is looking at a move... Um, all of their thursday night lineups uh, to streaming service Um, honky you mentioned you you saw their notre dame has already created their own um, mini netflix streaming service uh, notre dame Flix or whatever they want to call it i guess where um, you can get all the the backlog notre dame games and that could be a avenue for additional notre dame content and other sporting events etc so um you could see that here in college football in the not too distant future with the big 10 contract uh, coming up in 2024 where some of the big 10 content could be on a streaming Mm -hmm. service only
1: yeah i think the key there's some like you, you wouldn't throw all your eggs into one basket i mean there's right i still have some relatives and you know that have like you know rabbit ears pointed at things, right? And so <laughs> it's something that I think all of these schools are going to be looking at. You see the NFL looking at it. Anything that can be creating new revenue streams, obviously that's something that would be of interest
0: to them. I don't know, Boomer, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's just kind of showing how programs and athletic departments and even the NFL, they're just trying to have to figure out... The future, I think, of where revenue is coming from. You know, you talked about how, you know, some of your relatives still have rabbit ears or things like that, but, you know, the reality is a lot of people have cut cable and a lot of people don't have over the air services or things like that. Um, so that is going to be, I think, the big challenge, not. In you know, the immediate short term, but I think the long term, everybody in every athletic position has to figure out how are we going to get revenue in the future. Are these huge cable contracts that we've had, these probably aren't going to be guaranteed things in the long run, so – what are you going to be able to do in the meantime, and that's going to be an interesting challenge. I think that's going to be where ADs are really going to earn their their salary in the next, probably maybe not this next contract, but the one right after that is going to be the big question, I think. And when Nebraska talks about needing an eighth home game, that was one of the things that made me wonder when when you mentioned that you know we're in a better shape than a lot of schools are, which you know by the books we are. That I was kind of made me wonder. Well, why are we the ones wanting that, or at least most vocal or or discovered anyway, looking for that eighth home game? Why aren't other schools, you know, Oklahoma only has six home games set in this next slate? Why aren't they wanting another one? So I was kind of curious at that. So maybe that's what they're trying to consider, trying to bank what they can now, just looking down the road a little further. So I don't know. Well,
1: maybe Oklahoma shouldn't share a home game with Texas every year, but yeah, I don't know. That's a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different ballgame. But that's true. Yeah, I think the point though. And I think we're both in agreement on this is that it's about expanding the egg and not not limiting it. you know, Boomer, one year didn't you cut for an entire offseason? you got rid of all salad, everything you loved it. it was great, you were saving money and then it was just you hit football season and you had to go back for
0: a couple months. Yeah, we've done that a few times.
1: we need, don't really need it. but in the future, if that wasn't if you didn't have to go back, if you could have just stayed without having all those, whatever you were using, I don't know, Dish or whatever. Mac has done um, Hulu TV and YouTube TV and stuff, you know, and so yep. if you had something that was more dependable that didn't have to be a, a yearly service, just something you could sign up for for a couple months, you'd probably do it.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what we did, basically. It was just cut every service for, you know, quite a while. I don't I don't watch a lot of TV anyway, and it was just... uh you know go with the rabbit ears or actually you know one of the fancier antennas just kind of put that up and got enough stuff to tide me through and then you know sign up for the streaming services during football season and was okay there but that is kind of one of the interesting things you know I've seen people project that maybe this is like with Netflix's Notre Dame thing maybe this is their plan in the future they'll have all their home games on Netflix or something like that so I I don't know it'll be interesting to see how this kind of pans out and yeah, you know, maybe these streaming services will be the one to carry these contracts forward because I, what's a Big Ten home slate worth to somebody like Amazon Prime or or Netflix? It could be substantial. I mean, they're you know they're always looking for that next thing or you know Disney Plus. Who knows? They could slide us in with the Mandalorian and you know, some <laughs> other release. You know, tie it together. It could all work. That's so. right. That's
2: right. This actually reminds me of uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, kind of taking some of uh, our media stuff in-house, right, Honky? And um, you know, it seems like something that uh, we're already doing that's more on the on the radio side, et cetera. But I mean we're starting to build more of those capabilities internal to the athletic department.
1: Yeah, and I don't know how that compares with other schools around the country either. If they're if that's a trend that we are starting or are we kind of second or third or fourth, you know, in the line of, of schools that are doing that. But again, these are all discussions, business discussions that are gonna be taking place here over the course of the next, you know, two, three, four years. Specifically, I guess, with the Big Ten, when is our next contract up?
2: I believe it is in 2024, maybe starting in 2025, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Uh, Boomer, I'm sure, can look it up quickly. But, I mean, in contracting terms, just that's pretty much just around the corner. Where the negotiations yeah. probably are, would be starting in the next year or two at the latest, I would say. Um, Delaney was very intentional with having a shorter contract. Period this time around, so they were actually then first in the gate for the next negotiation cycle, um, opposed to having like a really long term with like I think the Big Twelve and ACC both go closer to twenty thirty almost.
0: Yeah, in twenty seventeen we signed a six year deal with uh, ESPN and Fox Sports, so six years twenty seventeen, so that's coming up here a couple of years. So yeah, you're gonna have to start that negotiation now.
2: Yeah, so it's just around the corner. And um, that'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, and we're going to know within a few years um, where the Big Ten lies in that pecking order. You know, uh, speaking of Big Ten, um, you're always on top of the ball with everything when it comes to, you know, progressive uh, college sports, <laughs> uh, being proactive with things like figuring out how to handle a pandemic and um, <laughs> testing protocols, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, getting schedules out on time and keeping with those schedules. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Um, but, uh, we ha- do think we have some positive news out of the Big Ten finally. Um, seemed like Purdue kind of leaked this, right? But we may see Big Ten fans back in attendance starting with baseball and softball this weekend. Uh, seemed like Purdue had announced that they were going to have 50% attendance, um, at uh, their home, home stands this weekend, which seemed to be news to everyone, including the Big Ten officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with maybe a little more research from our local scribes, it seems like the Big Ten might be pulling the trigger on uh, something to up to 50 percent capacity. Or maybe somewhere in that, that range, which could mean Nebraska has uh, fans in the homestand here against uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers this weekend.
1: Yeah, man. How cool would that be? And wow, what is Purdue thinking? Like you're 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 throwing that out early. Like you're just asking for the Big Ten now to come back and just. I
2: think they threatened to leave the conference. Actually, (laughs) as far as I could tell, that Purdue Purdue baseball was calling it quits and moving on.
1: Is that how I'm supposed to take it? Purdue is quitting. And I think Big Ten is just going to, you know, end the season now because one of their schools, you know, dared to go live, you know, public with something like that. But no, I mean, what great news and and what hopefully, you know, Dave, we talked about it a little bit last weekend, just being together and watching some games and being able to go to some bars in, in a safe way and, and like this bit of normalcy. Well, Imagine going to the game, being there to watch the Huskers play. I mean, you're going to be at uh, the Rockies for the the opening game, the opening day. Yes. And uh, just to be there. I mean, how many people are going to be there at, uh, at Coors Field?
2: It'll be a little over 21,000. Uh, it's about 42% capacity. They somehow figured out how they could, they could get that um, approved through the city and state officials. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a significant amount of attendance here. And there's other major league, um, you know, stadiums doing the same thing I think actually uh Texas uh down in Dallas is actually has 100% capacity that does sound a little bit a little early for that but um it is going to be great to be out there and I'm looking forward to it and I imagine a lot of people in Lincoln would look forward to um some baseball this weekend
1: yeah and that's the thing with the Big Ten I mean is our footprint basically goes right on top of the same footprint that so many MLB teams are in I mean we've you know Chicago and Pittsburgh and Philly and Detroit and Minneapolis and all of those Milwaukee. All those teams are right here too. So the fact that most of those are going to be having somewhere in that twenty five to fifty percent range, I, I'd certainly like to think that uh, the Big Ten would be able to do the same as well. It's it'll be good. It'll be good to get fans back out there. It'll be good again for the for the athletic departments to start selling some tickets again, and just a good thing to hear. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, it seems like baseball.
2: You know, boomer. Outdoor sport, uh, your concourses are generally open. Um, you can naturally kind of have some, um, some, uh, social distancing going on there, especially in Nebraska with the, the berms and everything like that. So it seems like, uh, it's a, a perfect opportunity to kind of put our toe back in the water on this. And hopefully maybe this, um, improves our chances to see some fans in the stand for a spring game.
0: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, if uh, we can pull this off and show people can gather successfully and not have anything go too crazy, it it sounds like we'll have some sort of attendance for the spring game again. Hard to say at this point, and that's pretty much going to be up to, I think, local health officials when it's all said and done. So, I'm sure we'll have to have that announcement fairly quickly. You know, that's coming up in, what, a couple weeks? So, Mm -hmm. people have to plan a little bit for that. So, be interested to see, and uh, just glad to see that... uh, Big Ten maybe finally realized Purdue has a baseball team along with some of the other <laughs> programs. So maybe maybe that's what caught them by surprise. It's you know they didn't even realize. So they haven't spoken. Maybe out Maybe that's why Purdue thought they could get away with it. Well, yeah, they just they announced it. And nobody would notice. Well, you know
1: the thing with the Big Ten too is that they they do so much with trying to be equitable across all the the states and everything. 14 schools, and especially when it comes to things like COVID, we have such different numbers from one place to the next. But if you really allow your local health officials to to just manage it. Uh, I think I saw something where the state of Nebraska, everything was in the green except for Lancaster County, although I don't know if that changed or if that's changing this week, but pretty much we're at the point where we're in the green. Now, I can't speak for Piscataway and Rutgers. I don't know what their situation is. But, you know, if you're trying to sit there and make rules to create things equitable, but in in a way, to me, it's not. It, It doesn't help a school out that is in a position to be able to have more people in the stands or that we've taken the right measures here in, in our particular area to do it. Dave, you said down in Texas they're having 100%. I'm, I'm not saying that yet, but just because we're able to do 50 and maybe another place can't, I don't want to see us being held back either. And so I think sometimes the conference wants to do that. And maybe this doesn't play that big of a role on the baseball side, but what about the spring game? You know, we hit May 1st. That's a month and a half away, and we've done a really good job. I think 75% of our citizens that are 65 and older have already had uh, the vaccine. And you fast forward another month and a half, I mean, we're at a point where it would be great to have 40, 50, 60,000 people in Memorial Stadium for a game. And I would sure hate to have the conference come down and somehow try to impose limits on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Boomer, I mean, one thing I've heard about the Big Ten is that they're concerned about the competitive edge that you would – have with having uh, fans in attendance while others aren't, but with with the spring game, they can't make that argument, right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Well, they put all their money on red this year, so (laughs) maybe they are concerned about that.
0: No, but it doesn't make a lot of sense why they'd be super concerned about what essentially is just a practice or a scrimmage. Maybe it's just they're still trying to keep up that whole facade of, you know, concerned about safety and things like that they had last season. But the, all the reasons Saki got into, I, I can't imagine they're going to come down and say nobody can have fans in attendance at a spring game. It just seems like that would just upset way more athletic departments than is necessary at this point for for something that, like we said, it's just a practice or a scrimmage outside in the sun.
1: We're picking on the you know Big Ten here a little bit, but it goes beyond that. Look at the NCAA right now. Think about in volleyball they're only right now having 48 teams be allowed to be in the postseason tournament, which Terry Pettit, you know, came out and tweeted out about that. And John Cook again today mentioned that. And of course that's all going to happen in Omaha, the way that March Madness is all happening uh, within Indiana right now. But you know, they're all saying it's not too late. Get it up to 64 teams. Like it, should be like it always is, but that's the NCA. That's not the Big Ten. You know that's the NCA holding that back, and so it's so. Yeah, I don't know. It's just unbalanced. It's
0: uneven. Depending on. Yeah, well, having seen the uh, weight room they put together for the NCAA women's basketball tournament versus the men's, I yeah, oh, that's yeah. a prime example of it. And the volleyball decision is another perfect example of it, where they're just kind of making no sense. <laughs> other than these things make us a lot of money, the other things don't. So we're going to ignore that. Yeah, so. and then yeah. we're going to come across totally tone deaf in everything we there do. You go. I
2: mean the end- NCAA is having fans in the stands at these uh, basketball games, which are indoor arenas. And, you know, we still haven't got an official word that you could have Big Ten baseball um, have fans in outdoor arenas. Um, As far as I I know, the Big Ten baseball tournament is canceled. They're not even having the tournament. Why would I, I... Don't understand that, really, right? I mean, so there's just so many things here. I mean, and and we're going to struggle here over the next few months, I suppose, with a lot of these issues, because uh, to hockey's point, it is evolving fast, and hopefully that's a good thing, right? Let's Mm -hmm. let's keep that in mind, that it's a good thing that we're going in the right direction.
1: Well, Dave, I'm going to throw a little segue out out at you. An area where we're not struggling is on the field. (laughs) We went two or three against Iowa there. You know, tell me a little bit, how's baseball right now, you know, through a couple of weeks of the season?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, seven and four. Uh, so that's a good start. You know, I think, uh, there was a missed opportunity up there in Minneapolis when we started off two and oh with, uh, victories over Ohio State and Iowa and, and lost the double header versus those two on the Sunday, um, on the way out of town. Um, but overall getting two out of three at Iowa. Uh, last weekend kind of helped smooth that over a little bit. Uh, I think we're uh, tied for third or third place in the league right now, obviously with no non-conference games, it's going to be important to finish in the top four, I would say to give yourself a shot. Um, I don't know if that will even earn a NCAA tournament bid, but at least puts you in the conversation. RPI rankings, uh, the big 10 doesn't look really strong right now. I think Nebraska is in a, you know, one thirty or so and, I think that uh, I think maybe Ohio State's um, the highest at 65, even though I think they're six and five on the year. So I think uh, Michigan um, started off well. Indiana is a nine and two. So a couple of uh, programs that we've seen at the top of the leaderboard over the last few years are, are up there again. And so um, we do have some opportunities against other good quality teams. Minnesota's not necessarily that. But uh, we do have Ohio State again. We have Indiana. We have Maryland. Um, so I think you have to circle those series against some of the the better opponents, and hopefully you can make some make some noise there. I would say that just from the the play that we're seeing on the field here, it's really exciting and really a first year of Will Bull, right. It feels like mm-hmm. he's he's already been here a couple of years, but reality just had uh, seven or eight games last year, and um, offense is uh really explosive um putting up a lot of runs, including some guys from uh the 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 freshman max anderson um matthews real real promising start um to some of these careers uh some of the transfer pitchers um chance uh roach i believe uh good start there boomer he um, probably could be using some bad beard gang, um, mustache wax, just like yourself. Um, uh, Cade Povich has had some good outings. So that's really promising. One thing I saw on, um, the Twitter sphere honk, uh, is, uh, D1 baseball, uh, Kendall Rogers. He always tracks, uh, all college pitchers that can hit 95 or a- above, mm. uh, on the, uh, the radar gun. Uh, Spencer has hit 97 and actually just last weekend versus Iowa hit 99 in an outing, um, which is one of the h- highest speeds he's recorded so far. So.
1: Wow, it's impressive. And and actually, that last game against Iowa, I think we went pretty deep into the bullpen, which is what won the game for us. Both Iowa and us had to, and and we were more successful deeper, I guess, in that sense. So we're hitting some bombs. I, I definitely i am seeing the tweets from Nebraska baseball every time. We're hitting something out of the park. So, you know, Will Bolt there is definitely starting to take some effect. And speaking of that beard sponsor thing, I, I – Okay, Mac and I missed one week of the Redcast, and I'm listening to it (laughs) on the plane. What is this about a beard sponsor here, Boomer? What, What do we got going on?
0: Well, it's our uh, latest sponsorship for the Go Big Redcast, the Bedcast. It's the uh, Bad Beard Gang, maker of fine uh, grooming products for facial hair and other such things, including uh, beard oils, mustache waxes. I believe they carry uh, Rockwell razors and uh, a wide variety of other products you could find to keep yourself styling and looking great. They found the right podcast, (laughs) as uh, there's a lot of guys with beards
2: on this. Me and Skip, about the only ones not really sporting a beard, so um there should be a lots of opportunities to talk about using their products <laughs>
0: yeah it's time to change that dave so now's your opportunity uh, yeah uh, i believe they have some uh, some growth encouragement there and uh just a lot of good products you can use i see
2: the cover up my gray whiskers that's all boomer
0: well that works too yeah. so what
1: can redcasters do then to take advantage of the red cast and end their beards
0: well, you can certainly check out their products online. Um, they do have a website, uh, Bad Beard Gang. Look them up on the internet. Uh, they do have a Twitter account, uh, Facebook. And, uh, Dave, do we have a code they can put in for the Redcast?
2: Why, yes, there is, Boomer. Uh, just enter GBR21 in and you get a 10% discount.
0: And that's money well spent, and I encourage our listeners who have never actually used a safety razor to uh, try one out. Uh, if you've been using just the cheap disposable ones, uh, you won't regret it. You'll never go back. So. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that, so they are, they are a quality way to shave.
2: Well, uh, you know, I mean, this show is kind of about tying up loose ends on uh, various different sports seasons. The last one that I have... On my mind is, uh, Nebraska ball. And, uh, I think we mentioned this in the last show, but you weren't on it. That Kobe Webster, uh, has decided to come back, which, you know, we're still waiting on Thor, which, uh, could be another great, um, it's almost like it's, it's like these are free grad transfers, right, Hawk? Because, uh, they're not counting against our scholarship limits. And so Kobe Webster really played an important part in the last six, seven, eight games of this season. And he has decided to come back. This is a surprise to me. I didn't expect him to make this decision. It seemed like he probably was at the end of his career. Um, it's Probably a good sign that he thinks that we might be uh, competitive next year. And um, I know you like his addition.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I brought that up a couple weeks ago. and You were right. I don't get a lot of things right with basketball, but that was one of them. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is that we don't celebrate these moments enough because... When any player leaves, whether they play a lot or don't play a lot, we've had some players enter the portal, and we knew we would, but it's always culture issues, right? But then what about when a guy like this comes back? Isn't that a good sign for Fred? Isn't that a good sign for the team that, you know, here's somebody that played a lot of meaningful minutes at the end, and he's wanting to give it another go. And to your point there, Dave, it's just an extra player. It's a free extra player that really doesn't cost us because of how the the rules are right now still surrounding COVID. So I think it's a great sign there. I'd love to get Thor back. I'm not optimistic that it's going to happen, but I would love to see it because I called him the glue guy, and I still think he could be next year. And glue guys can be starters. They can be six men. I don't care. I mean, that doesn't matter to me right now. Sure. I just I want guys that have played some good basketball for us in the past to be coming back. And I'm seeing that. You know, we talked about this a little bit over the weekend and with Iowa, Sean, and obviously we watched uh, their first round game, Iowa, when they beat uh, whoever they beat in the first round. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about how the Big Ten is going to change next year. There's five teams right now that didn't make the tournament, and three of those five fired their coaches. Only Northwestern and Nebraska have our coaches back. And for the first time now in the three years of Hoiberg, we actually have a base of players, five, six, seven guys that are going to be that base, and then a good recruiting class coming in to go along with them. And then you're dealing with those nine teams that did make the tournament, and a number of them are going to be losing some key players. The opportunity for Nebraska to make a large jump, I mean, I certainly don't expect to be seeing us finishing 14th of the year from now. The opportunity to make a jump that could vault us into the postseason and not just the NIT, those are the kind of expectations I think Husker fans have for Hoiberg that we would expect that. And by year three, that's what I'm expecting.
2: Yeah, and getting Kobe Webster back, Thor be a, just a, a, another bonus. I think it is an interesting dynamic there. He, he definitely has probably his eyes set on uh, some European pro basketball at some point in his future. And he's got to weigh the decision on whether it's the right time to go now or um, coming back for one more year. To, and weighing in how much playing time he will get, right? and mm-hmm. and And he could start again next year or at least be a six man off off the bench. Um but uh kind of depends if there's additional transfers that come in that are immediately eligible, right? Um and so that's tough because um uh Hoiberg may be looking at uh, some players that are out there on the transfer portal or will be on the transfer portal um, and then thinking, you know, I mean, how much does Thor fit into this? So hopefully that we'll, we'll know uh, sooner than later, but it might be a few months before we actually have an answer on that question.
1: And there are, you know, there was a Husker online did a kind of the recruiting board right now, a hot board 1.0 and uh, CJ Welcher, a guard, a freshman from Xavier. Uh, he was listed high as one of the guys that we'd be going after uh, Tyson Walker, a guard, a sophomore guard from Northeastern. He was the name that was up there. And then someone that was interesting, Dave, another guard, Mirion Jones from Penn State. Remember him?
2: Yeah. I mean, that guy killed us this year. It'd be crazy if he came over <laughs> on the other side of the line. In, like, three games, he just, like, I don't know, he had 20 points a game or something like that, right?
1: I mean. Yeah, that'd be helpful.
2: That would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the first guy you mentioned. Um, Wilcher. Wilcher. Uh, someone that Matt Abdelmassy um, uh, was recruiting when he was still at St. John's. And so obviously a relationship already built there. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think we are looking for more depth, uh, from that guard position. I think we've seen where Trey McGowan's, uh, can handle the point. Um, and if he wants to, to be starting point guard next year. It's it's probably his job to, to to have, but having more depth on that and um, allowing him to play off ball at times as well is probably something he wants. So, um, I think getting another guard will be important. Be great if you get another big man, but we do feel better about that just because you now have Derek Walker and uh, Eduardo Andre um, that um, really were you know playing well at the end of the year. All right, well, you know, Honk. Um, You know, this is our last show before spring practice starts, and uh, Mac wasn't able to join us tonight. But I think, you know, starting next week, uh, I expect us to start taking a deep dive on some spring football, looking at the rosters, depth charts, whole nine yards, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As far as roster goes, really the only change in the last week or so from the transfer portal, and I'm putting to close the Honkies transfer portal, you know, that we did the last few months. (laughs) I I think everyone understands, I hope any Redcaster out there understands that Nebraska was not the only program affected by this, right? So if we got that across, then it accomplished something. But Nico Cooper did enter the transfer portal about a week or so back. He actually had, you know, personal issues. Uh, I believe he says mother was sick. And so we, our thoughts are out to him. We hope that everything is well there. And it's always in important to remember with these players that they they have lives off the football field and sometimes you know they have to make decisions that have nothing to do with what's going on with the field but uh, anyways as far as the roster goes and we're going to get into this really deep here over the course of the next couple weeks but I'll tell you what right now I maybe I'm just being honky in the spring and it's the scarlet colored glasses are flowing but I like what this roster is starting to, to look like I like how there's a lot of depth at positions but what I specifically like right now is that the guys that we're talking about and, and that we're going to be talking about are guys that are here right now. They're on campus. So when we talk about six running backs and not knowing exactly how it's all going to break down and what that depth chart's going to look like post spring, at least the six guys that we're talking about are here. They're going to be going through it. And that's the difference between where we've been in any of the previous years at least under Frost. We've always been waiting for that guy. When Omar Manning gets here as Rob said a year ago, then he's going to, you know, win the Belitnikov. Well, he wasn't even here yet. You know, 2 years ago when Mills gets here. Man, he's we're going to be awesome. Here we're relying on guys that a lot of them have played a lot of min- minutes. I just think that the competition is going to be really fierce and deep here in the spring. I'm excited.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does on paper, there seems to be a lot of depth in positions that we've been waiting to have that depth, yep, and so it'll just be exciting to actually see these guys out there in spring, and hopefully we do get to see a little bit of that um somehow some way at least during the spring game, but maybe there's some more access for players and more access for fans and and reporters um you know as spring ball kicks off
1: yeah. And I don't know, I haven't heard anything with like the coaches clinic that Mac and I have gone to for so many years. We didn't go to last year for the first time in 20 years because of COVID. So I'm not sure if there is one this year or not. I haven't seen any emails or anything, but um, my guess is probably not, uh, you know, just locked down as things have been. But, you know, there's an interesting thing. Uh, Husker Online, they did a kind of anonymous feedback with some local high school coaches on this staff. And it was kind of interesting, like the first question, how has your interactions with Scott Frost and Nebraska staff been since they arrived in Lincoln? It was kind of all over the place. There were some people that were very, you know, negative, some coaches and some that were very positive. I mean, you know, one guy here says virtually none. We've not had a Nebraska coach in our building since 2018. And and the next one is they're positive and they value Nebraska high school players. I believe in them. They have integrity. So, you know, and I could read through them all, but the reality is that's what a lot of it was. And I really thought that people kind of fell into one of three camps. It's the ones where, well, the coaches are here all the time. The ones that are like, well, they've never been out here. And then there's these ones in the middle where they kind of said, yeah, we haven't had a lot of contact with them. But, you know, to be honest, we also haven't had really a lot of players for them to come after the last couple of years. And so they're very honest about what their situation was. Um, At the end of the day, I'm not going to make too much of it because the results I'm going to look at is how many walk-ons are we bringing in? How many kids are we bringing in from the state? How many guys are we going after? Um, You know, I saw some coaches say that they can't just focus on Lincoln and Omaha, and I'm like, well... We just talked about Ernest houseman a couple weeks ago from Columbus kicking off this class. Yeah. You know, we've got an offer out to a Pierce tight end next year. We've got a quarterback that we just brought in from Kearney. We've been out to York and Scotts Bluff and Beatrice. And, I mean, goodness gracious, you know, Norfolk to bring in Ethan Piper. I don't know what we need to say outside of that, plus walk-ons all over the place. So um, I'm not displeased with that. Now, you know, I, I think that it also goes two ways, some of the communication to be quite honest. I wouldn't put it on Frost and – staff to contact every single buddy out there. I've been to enough of these coaches clinics with the Husker coaches. They'll sit there and they'll watch film with us and they'll review stuff. And then they say, if, if you have a player that you want us to look at, or if you want something, you know, contact us, come to us and you can come and watch this and do this. And so they reach out a lot of times to the coaches too, and say, come to us. So, I mean, there's I'm not a high school coach right now, but, uh, it seems like, you know, if that offer was made to me, I'd probably take them up on it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, some robust discussion, uh, with Mac in the next few weeks um, and uh, building up towards that spring game on uh, May 1st, right?
1: Yeah, it's, let's take the moment to enjoy football again. It's been gone for a couple months. And the other thing is there's just, there's been the negativity. And, and Dave, you, I came out there, I needed to clear my head when I went to Colorado and you helped me out a lot, just chatting about stuff. I, I get frustrated with things that are just off-season talk and chatter and, you know, social media stuff and all that garbage. And To just, let's get back to football. Let's get back to talking about rosters. Let's get back to talking about where are areas that we can make improvement. You know, running back. You know, what are we going to do with those six guys? Well, I don't know. Maybe Ron Brown, the new senior offensive analyst who's coached guys like Rex Burkhead and Amir Abdullah and Roy Halloum. Maybe he might be able to fill in a role and help out there. And Boomer, we're going to talk about special teams. And maybe Bill Bush is going to come in as an analyst and help out there. And who knows, maybe... Dawson actually gets announced as the special teams coordinator like at at a press conference. I'm just there's my uh, now that I'm on FanDuel, maybe I can, you know, put a few bucks down on that, right? <laughs> I mean, crazy thoughts. It seems like that's going to happen, right? Am I crazy? It could happen. It could
2: happen. Uh, you ready for some parting shots? All right, honk, take it away.
1: Well, this was, you know, by our standards a fairly quick show. But uh it was a fun one. It was good to get back with you guys. Mac was actually trying to call in, and then he had some technical difficulties. So uh, you know, that happens. But uh Dave, just once again I want to say that was a great weekend in Colorado. Uh a lot of fun. And uh my other one is for for the Huskies. guys. And I, and you know, they're the number one hype man in uh, all of Husker football. And they are. We love you, Huskies. guys, but man, you you send out some tweets that just you know, they wreck me. And and this one. Oh, he goes, since 2016, only Nebraska and Missouri have failed to win a bowl game, NCA tourney game, or CWS game in the Power Five. Absolutely jarring stat to start your week. And yes, it was. So how pathetic, Missouri. Jesus, really. I mean, that's just awful.
2: <laughs> that is. That is and CWS in particular, not just NCA baseball tournament. Yeah. All right. But we love
1: you. We love you, Huskies. All right,
2: Boomer, what do you got for me?
0: Well, I know it, as depressing as that sounded and as depressing as a game as Kansas had yesterday um, against USC and getting smoked in the tournament, that's still not the worst loss they ever had. That uh, credit still goes to the 1899-1900 Nebraska Cornhuskers <laughs> basketball team, which defeated Kansas. Uh, I believe it was 48-8 to eight back then, and that was actually a game I think played in March, so technically it would have been a March Madness game back in 1900, so take that, Kansas. They played it at Grant Memorial Hall and then on Lincoln, so that was a pretty solid Nebraska ball team then, and Grant Memorial Hall, I believe, was torn down in the 60s, so there's probably a few listeners that might actually remember that building, but uh, a little before our time, but a uh, solid team. We still have that over you, Kansas, so... W-
1: would that have been Naismith?
0: Yes, Naismith was the uh, head coach then, yeah, that was a... Uh, pounding he wow. took in that game. So, the man yeah, who a... invented the game yep. owns the yep. worst loss in
2: Kansas basketball history to a program that's never won an NCAA tournament <laughs> game.
0: Yep, yep. It's just kind of a nice little uh, irony to it all. So so we've got that going for us Nebraska ball fans. So they can never take that away. Alright, alright.
2: Well, we have that at least. Alright, guys. Well, uh, before we go, I wanted to uh, also just uh, send our condolences out to family and friends of uh the 10 people who lost their lives in the the shooting here in boulder it's uh, close to home here in denver just wanted to make sure we didn't go to the show without acknowledging that um we were up there tailgating a couple years ago guys and um uh, boulder's a a fine college town and it's unfortunate it had to happen there um and hopefully um uh family and Friends uh, find peace in, in all of this. For now, let's call that a go big redcast. GBR.
0: Go big red.
1: A Hoodat Media Production.